Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with the right Reverend Brian Fromm. You can find us all over the World Wide Web, a couple of places, on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show, on Twitter, at Common Good Talk, 1160hope.com, slash The Common Good Plus. We're learning that most people listen via the podcast. That's true. A lot of the podcast people are like, wait, you have a radio show? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. First, anyway, you can find us on any platform. And if you like, subscribe, and review, that does somehow magically help us out. We have no idea how or why, but it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mention often one of the one of our favorite parts of the show is actually having in-studio guests. And Scott Hodge is no exception. You, my friend, are one of the people that I admire most here in the Chicagoland area. And I think everyone will learn why in a moment. But... For anyone who doesn't know who you are, what you're about, why don't you introduce yourself to our Common Good audience? Well, Ian, thank you. Uh, that's very kind of you. That's I true. It's legitimately, it's a Christian radio station. I'm not allowed to lie. Bl- I am blushing, <laughs> blushing right now. He's uh, not. Oh, yeah. So let me tell you about myself. Please I do. am 5'10". I, <laughs> no, I am uh, the lead pastor of a 100-year-old church called the Orchard Community. I did not know it was that old. Yep doesn't feel 100 years old. Right. Um, we are a very, uh, I guess the word I like to use is, is eclectic community mm-hmm. uh, made up of all kinds of interesting people, artists, and I like to say thinkers because I like to think we think. <laughs> and uh, we, I think we think. And dreamers and innovators and it. regular ordinary people who are all trying to figure out how to uh, become the people we've been created to be. That's great, man. Yeah. And uh, I can get into 5-7, or we can talk about that later. No, I, do it. Lay it into us. Yeah. Well, why don't, I should also mention, um, I have a wonderful family. I have uh, one wife, <laughs> two kids, three kids. <laughs> Hold it's on. better than the reverse. One wife, three kids. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, and and I have a dog named Mika, who is a little minpin. And it's a kind of a love-hate relationship. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Brian has the same relationship with his dog. I, I do. I love my dog and she hates me. No, <laughs> no, no dogs ever hate yeah, anyone. Yeah, right. Right? That's true. They don't have the capacity. Not at all. So I'm interested. The Orchard uh, community, yeah. you call it an eclectic community. Uh, is it eclectic on purpose? Uh, or did, did God just kind of put a weird group of people, an eclectic, not a weird, an eclectic group of people together? I'm, cu- I'm curious how intentional I, that was. You know what? I, I don't know how intentional, really. I think yeah. it's, just, it's just the people who connect with us. Uh, hmm. It's a wide variety of people. So young, old, yeah, you'll, have a, right. you'll have a young guy sitting there with his uh, tattoos and piercing sitting next to uh, uh Someone who is super conservative and mm-hmm. voted for Trump and doesn't like some of the things I say. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's interesting. So we're able yeah. to, I mean, the, there's a lot of differences. And one of the things we try to do is encourage people to not be afraid of differences, but yeah. actually embrace them and 
and lean into them because you might actually learn something new. Well, that's what's interesting, too. If you uh, follow you guys on Facebook at all, the photos will show that it really is a pretty diverse group of people. Often mm-hmm. when people say eclectic, what they mostly mean is under 30 with tattoos and some dreadlocks. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's not actually eclectic. It's actually pretty narrow. But what you guys have somehow been able to accomplish is like a truly multi-generational, multi-political, even like multi-theological yeah. Yeah, space. And, so. and it's a question I get as a pastor all the time. Like, how do you actually create something like that? Did you feel like you fell backwards into it? Is it just kind of part of Scott Hodges' DNA? Or like, how do you actually create an environment that I feel like a lot of people hold out as the ideal, but they don't know how to actually get there? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think, you know, there's always, you know, there's always the question of what is it that is going to unite us as a church? Hmm. And for us, it's never been, it's, you know, a a 10 page doctrinal statement or a list of 50 things you must believe in order to be accepted here in our community. Hmm. Uh, For us, it's more about values. And so we have six values that we basically, we we say, look, you might interpret this passage differently. You might have different beliefs or thoughts on this here, but if you don't jive with these, um, uh, Jive. It's a word I've used like three times in the last two days. I don't know what is happening. I like that anyway, word. Let's bring it back. We've been transported 40 years ago. As soon as I say it, I'm imagining my, my teenage kids looking at me like, Dad, seriously, Come on, Dad. what does that even mean? Um, anyway, so where was I? I have horrible ADD, and by now my, my meds have completely worn off. So, uh, this is the med-free episode. Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, values. values so we, right. we really try to unite around values. And what are those values? Can so, you share them with sure, us? Sure. We have six values. Uh, well, I guess you could say seven because one has two words in it. <laughs> Goodness and beauty, wholeness, grace, story, generosity, and renewal. I love that, man. Can you expand on the one, uh, goodness and beauty? That's the one that jumped out. I was like, oh, that's a, a pretty different one. Yeah. Uh, you know, so one of the things we we believe and embrace is this idea that, be, uh, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the scriptures, there was God's pronouncement of goodness and blessing upon mm-hmm. all creation. Right. For whatever reason, we miss that, and we think God's starting point was elsewhere. Right. Um, you know, you are bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, that sets the tone, I think, for us as, as Christians to be people of goodness and beauty, people who mm-hmm. look around in this world and choose to affirm goodness and beauty. Uh, it's very, very easy to be cynical. It's yeah, really easy right. to point out what's wrong with this world. Right. Um, and so we strive to be strive to be. Pe- to be people, uh, we strive to be people who uh, who intentionally look out for goodness and beauty, That's and when good. we see it, we affirm it. And, yeah. then, and then I think also there's this aspect of being creators of hmm. goodness and beauty, and recognizing that there is this creativity within all of us, and hmm. um, we've all been created in the image of the great Creator. That's right, and so. Uh, you know, it may not all look the same. Obviously, not everyone's an artist per se, or not everyone is skilled as a uh, uh, you know professional artist. Uh, right. Uh, but everyone has creative uh, right. spark within them. That's good, man. One of the things that I just read this this last week that the human brain is fifteen times more likely to come up with a criticism than a compliment. Mm. In fact, Richard Rohr was talking about how when it comes to things of beauty, our brains are like Teflon, but when it comes to things uh, of ugliness, they're like Velcro. Yes. And how much extra we have to work against the flow of like negativity and criticism and yes. division. And one of the things that I find so this is kind of the impetus of beauty in the common was the transcendentals that the Catholic Church kind mm. of borrowed from Plato and Aristotle, truth, goodness and beauty, right? Mm. And beauty in particular being the thing that we've sort of lost touch with right. that you guys do an exceptional job of elevating, right? I feel like truth and goodness, truth is sort of the doctrine piece and mm-hmm. goodness is sort of the ethics piece, but beauty, I don't hear a lot of churches actually putting that in their value statement. Value statements tend to be a lot more about like growth or yeah. right. numbers or strategy. What 
about beauty do you think stood out to you that made it to this value level of a church organization? And what is that? What are the practical implications of a church that values that? Yeah, you know, I read something recently about, and I forgot the guy's name, but there's this uh, uh, Swedish theologian, I think he's Swedish, and he, he talks about the theology of aesthetics. Is it Balthazar? Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah, is he Swedish? Uh, he's something. He's something. <laughs> he's Dutch of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He's from over there. Uh, Not here. Right. But he talks about this theology of aesthetics, and, and I read that uh, quite a while ago, and it really hit me. And, you know, I think we, I believe the church is at its best when we are on the front end of contributing mm. to culture. I think, so I think it's, yes. it's, you know, the church has reacted all sorts of different ways towards culture, yep. often condemning it or mm-hmm. copying it or right. critiquing it or whatever. Um, but I think the church is at its best when we are on the forefront of actually contributing towards it. And so uh, one of the ways I think we do that is by creating beautiful, for us anyway, creating beautiful experiences, mm-hmm. um, creating places where people can uh, walk in and go, wow, this is this uh, does something good on the inside of me. Right. You know, and, and I think I, I heard someone talk about recently how when you see something beautiful, it causes you to wonder, uh-huh. huh, who is behind this? That's and it great. takes you out of yourself, which is the opposite of sin. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it points you in the direction of uh, whoever or whatever is behind the existence of what is beautiful. That's Gosh, great. that's good. I'm so glad you stick around for not one. But two more segments, right. which is a perfect segue because you just launched a business in downtown yes. Aurora, an organization that is in conjunction with all of this. And I cannot wait to ask you questions about it. That's all coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us all over the Internet. Just type our names and you'll... Figure it out. I believe in you. Uh, but we have in the studio Scott Hodge, who is both a pastor, an entrepreneur, a great grower of beards, a lover of <laughs> suit jackets during the work week, all, all sorts of things that I... That's a good compliment. Really one is, with a beard. It's, well, there this you is, go. Mine you. doesn't look like a beard compared to his. Mine looks like a prepubescent boy's attempt <laughs> at growing a beard, and his looks like how a man actually grows a beard. Well, I think this you. might be the, my favorite way you've ever introduced a guest right here. <laughs> I, I am once again blushing. Part of that. <laughs> I clearly have some stuff I got to work out. But uh, anyway, if you're just joining us, I can't encourage you enough to go back and listen to the podcast because Scott's way of, I think, understanding culture in the world and the church's role in all of that is. So refreshing and so remarkably different. But one of the things that I'm most excited about is this newest venture, Society 57. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is, where that came from, and where you guys are at with all of it now? Sure, absolutely. That's a lot, by the way. I'm Maybe I'll yeah. give you sort of the backstory. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk that. about what it is now. Yes. So, um, you know, several years ago, I. Um, it's funny. There were two places I swore I would never live. Aurora, <laughs> Illinois was one of them because I grew up. I grew up in Aurora, right. oh, okay. and the other one was uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ended up going to both places, and so now I like to say I will never go to Hawaii. <laughs> right, yeah. that's just to, never, see, just to see if it works. So I'll never see. drive a Lamborghini. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, ended up coming to Aurora though to uh, actually help my dad at his church. Um, he had pastored the church for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. The church was struggling. Uh, he asked me to come. I said, "All right, I'll come for a year." 
I think I said six months at first, and mm-hmm. I do not want to be a pastor. I will. I don't want to visit people in the hospital. I don't want to preach or any of that. I, <laughs> I want to be a consultant. So I'll work from Starbucks, and that lasted for about a week. And wow. we dove deep into the world of change and transition, mm-hmm. and which you know people love. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> whew, that's a whole other. That's a whole other show, right? Um, but anyway, we started making a lot of changes, and. About two and a half years into it, my dad very suddenly passed away. He was 60 mm-hmm. years old, and wow. um, I ended up becoming the next pastor. Again, something, another thing I swore I would never do. Right. And um, that was uh, back in 2005. And uh, it, it's interesting, because after he passed away, the church, it, it's like the church really started booming. It started growing rapidly. I mean, oh, we were, after he passed. It was, it was right after he passed. It was oh, like all no the kidding. work we had done kind of kicked in. Wow. Um, you know, which was a whole... Yeah, you know that was hard. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, right. 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 He misses out on all this. On fruit, we've, yeah. You know, put into this, hmm. but uh, the church started taking off, and it was literally you know running two hundred people. Then all of a sudden, it would jump up to four hundred and seven hundred and nine hundred and a thousand. And the bigger the church got, the more miserable I was. Hmm. Interesting. And looking back now, I think what I understand is that the larger the church was becoming, the less I was able to truly bring myself oh, into right. into the the church hmm. and. So, uh, over a few years, my heart started getting really drawn to downtown Aurora. Um, and one of the ways I started articulating it was what would it look like to not only be a church in Aurora or, or a church that's for Aurora, but what would it look like to actually be a church that helps make Aurora what it is? That's great, man. You know, how do we get on the front end of what's happening culturally and actually become contributors like we were talking about earlier. And so, um, and so, you know, we started getting this vision for starting something different, but mm. we were we were stuck. We had this huge campus, 16 mm. acres of land, 35,000 square foot building. Wow. And, you know, there's not a huge market for churches. Right, uh, right. <laughs> and one day out of the blue, we got a phone call from a local mega church that uh, asked, hey, would, are you guys by chance interested in selling your building? Wow. And it was one of those moments that, you know, you, you know, there's things that happen in your life where you feel like, okay, yeah, God, God helped with this, and but I was quite involved. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, and then there are those other moments where you're just like, this is so far beyond me. Right. And that was certainly the case for us. And one thing led to another. We ended up selling our campus. Wow. And so we really had now this opportunity to start something new, something different. Right. And so we said, what do we want to do? Well, we didn't want to build another church building mm-hmm. because, you know, we had this huge campus that was used two days a week, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so we said, what if we do something totally different and create a space um, that is open seven days a week that is being utilized in many different ways? And we started looking at what are some of the needs in our community hmm. and what are we good at? Hmm. Uh, we weren't interested in trying to do a bunch of things that's already being done or that we're not passionate about. Right. And so we started looking at uh, at what the needs are. And we said, you know, we're really good at we understand hospitality. We mm-hmm. know how to create great environments. Let's create uh, what's called a social space. Mm-hmm. And let's let's create a space that is used for several different things throughout the week. Um, and so we decided to start a place called Society 57. I found an awesome building, uh, downtown Aurora, about a 100-year-old building. And uh, we, uh, you know, when we, we started to talk about, okay, what do we want to call this? Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted a name that was... 
locally rooted, historical, right? And that was intriguing. That kind of made people go, "Huh? Yeah, well, what's going on over there?" Yeah. So in eighteen fifty-seven, little history here: uh, the villages of East Aurora and West Aurora merged and formed what's known today as the city of Aurora. Hmm. And so we we said, "Yeah, we like that." Fifty-seven, and then yeah. this word "society," you know. Hmm. Uh, and that's how we came up with Society 57. I and so our, our dream is to create a place that brings out the best in everyone. That's awesome. And uh, there are a lot of voices out there and a lot of, uh, you know, influences out there that do just the opposite of that, mm-hmm. that, that pull people apart and that uh, don't necessarily bring out the best. And yeah. we said, let's be a place yeah. that's very intentional about bringing the best out of every person who walks through our doors. That's fantastic. I'm fascinated by the fact that, you know, 99% of the pastors out there are trying to go from the small church to the mega church campus, right? Like that's the trajectory. Right. right. You went the other direction. I'm wondering, A, did most people go with you from your church or did your whole church change in that move? And B, was it freeing for you? You said before you felt kind of stuck yes. and this, did, did it do, was it freeing for you? That's a great question. Uh, we're smaller now than we have been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving your church from a suburban location to right down in an urban neighborhood. Right. Uh, is not the best church growth strategy. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna get that at a conference, right? Yeah. Uh, but actually, depending on how you look at it, our influence has expanded exponentially yeah. in, right. in just in just a short amount of time. Right, it's incredible. Um, and, and in answer to your question, uh, you know, in terms of, of bringing myself to the table, yeah. absolutely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I feel like I am. Uh, and I feel like I've just barely tapped into it. But, right. But it's, yeah, I feel more alive. I feel awesome. more energized than I've ever felt in, in my life. It honestly seems that way. And I don't, I don't know you all that well, but yeah. honestly, well, my wife has been a part of a couple of markets in Aurora. So yeah. we found ourselves conveniently in Aurora a lot more. And yeah. every time she's like, can we please go to Society 57? Yay. That's honest to God truth. So I, I feel awesome. like I've been able to see you more in the last two months than I have in a while. But people maybe yeah. don't realize it's not just a coffee shop. It's a whole right. bunch of other things. Talk to me about just the expansiveness of what it is you're hoping to accomplish through Society 57. Yeah. So we've got a, our building is a 20,000 square foot building. Uh, right now we we're doing it in phases. So our first phase is the specialty coffee house, which we put a lot of thought, a lot of intention into. It's awesome, by the way. Um, Thank you. And then we have an event space. So we've got people renting our space for events, weddings, quinceaneras, birthday parties, mm-hmm. uh, fundraisers, all kinds of interesting things. Um, and then our church gathers there on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got rooms that are part of the coffee house that our kids use on Sundays as well. And everything's very flexible so we can move everything around mm-hmm. as we need to. Um, and then our next phase will be to move our event space to our second level, which is astounding. It's Did enormous. I, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely beautiful. I moved in, actually. You don't know. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you don't know that yet, but I'm there. Is yeah. that what that smell was? <laughs> Accurate. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, so our, our, our goal will be to move our event space upstairs. And then um, that was funny, actually, the more I think about it. Why do you say actually? Like, oh, way to go, Simpkins. Once in your life. Yes. Uh, but you know, so so one of the things though that really excites us is the idea of of curating uh, conversations. Yeah. We want to do pop up dinners, bring chefs mm. in. We want to incubate restaurants. We want to uh, we're going to put in a, a commercial kitchen that is uh, enclosed in glass, and people can see what's happening there. And we That's utilize so that awesome. for caterers and small yeah. scale food producers, et cetera, et cetera. So. Okay, so I have again like fifteen more questions. Now we'll yeah. get to maybe two of them, but All that right. is Scott Hodge, both the pastor of the Orchard Community, but also the what do we call you, founder, uh, CEO, lead, cur- lead curator? How's that? I'm going to call you like president or something. Oh, do, do stop. It, something 
something dweeby, like COO of Society 57 in downtown Aurora. All sorts of questions with Scott coming up next year on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com slash The Common Good. I, I always forget. Is that a forward slash? Backslash? Try them both. It's a both slash. It's a, an amba slash, as they say in the biz. No one says that. Anyway, so we have in the studio, my friend, do people refer to you as... Pastor Scott, by chance? You know, someone today did, and I said, just call me Scott. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lady at my uh, my previous church that always insisted on calling me Padre. She would oh, call me Padre, and then she would bow. And I was like, you, we oh. don't have to do... Keep the, keep the bow, it's lose the Padre. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, great sermon, Padre. And I'm like, we don't have to do any of that. Anyway, so Scott, Scott is super interesting, because you're not only a pastor, but you're also... What do we say? Lead curator? There's all kinds of names I get called. <laughs> lead curator. Sure, that works. Do I need like our hand on the bleep button? Is that like a... Uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, told, I warned you about that. You have. That's true. That's an actual conversation. There's a paper trail. So Society 57 currently is this multi-purpose space in the yep. heart of downtown Aurora. Before right I on forget, the Fox River, by the way. Right on the Fox River. Right Beautiful. between the east and west, yep. which is part of why the 57 is so you significant, right? That's right. Where do people go, by the way, before I forget, to learn yep. more? Yeah. society 57com Com. You guys got the dot com. We got the dot com. Shoot, you guys are ballers. We actually bought the dot org and the, all the other dots. I think <laughs> oh, we have all the dots. You own the dot org? I think so. Man, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Okay, yeah. so people, and you made an interesting point, Brian, because it does feel like 99% of people, particularly pastors, goal is keep mm. getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger yep. and bigger campuses, more and more property, and you kind of went a very different route. I think part of what I appreciate is... You mentioned this in the first segment. You're like, I never really wanted to be a pastor. You sort of fell backwards mm. into this a little bit. And so now you have this multi-purpose beginning of a dream. You guys just launched like a month Grand ago? Grand opening three weeks ago, three and a half weeks yeah, ago. Right. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Yeah. So so you have this coffee shop. That's tremendous. Yeah. You have this event space that I've been in. You have all these expansive dreams for what it could be. There's a word we have for that, particularly in like Christian theology, is missiology. What is the mm. missiology of this Entity, Could you speak to that a little bit more with regards to the church and Society 57? I think so. I, you know, so I think one of the things we knew was that if we were truly going to be a part of what makes our city what it is, we had to get to the city. Mm, you know? Right. And, you know, if you think about it, <laughs> it's, it's ironic to me. You know, Jesus said uh, we should go into the world. What we've largely done is we've built churches that function more like fortresses mm. and expected people to come to us. Right. Yeah. Come to the event. And that's the right. And, yeah. and that's what it felt like to us. And, and it's like the exact opposite, I think, of what we see in Jesus. And, <laughs> you know, and what a great time of year to talk about this, because if you think about it, when it came time for God to give us a picture of who God is is yeah what did god do you know god didn't say hey look out here and see if you can find me right right god sent emmanuel moved into the neighborhood which i love that that uh-huh. phrase you From know the message right that's, yeah. that's right and so um so anyway i i think like w- one of the things one of the analogies we've used is water wells mm-hmm. you know if you if you think about you know e- even jesus i mean this rabbi this teacher he didn't just hang out at the synagogue and sit around and wait till people came to him yeah. he was constantly going out to places where people were at hmm. uh, like water wells for example That's great. you know and, and i love that story of, of the samaritan woman at the well 
and uh, you know these water wells were very important places, mm. and uh, and so in some ways I think I mean it, it's like they became these social gathering spaces yeah. in some regard, and you know women encountered each other and drew, drew water and shared their lives together, and so anyway one of the things we said is what if you know what if rather than being a a Christian country club so to speak mm-hmm. that serves our internal faith community well for a few hours one or two days a week we could instead go into the heart of our city and create a modern day well so to speak i love that um but i will say this too because i think it's important we we are not um how do i say it our goal is not let's get people in our doors so that then we can tell them well really we're a church and we're gonna and we're gonna get you into our church service (laughs) like like there is no agenda with that because Mm. and i and i think this is a huge and important thing to, to talk about um, we love to create this huge distinction between what we label as sacred and what we label as secular. That's right. And I think what we are, we are trying to do is say, no, 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 there, there's no distinction. Right. Uh, the barista who is coming to life doing what they do mm-hmm. and is finding joy and fulfillment, there's something so beautiful and sacred about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who come in and have an event and create memories that will last a lifetime, and we've done our part uh, of helping to create that experience, there's something so beautiful good and beautiful about that and so you know we we are trusting that in every interaction every encounter uh god is at work the spirit is moving and it does not have to only be if someone's comes to church on a sunday morning Uh you know sitting in the chair that's great man how about the person who's out there listening? They might be a pastor, a church leader, just a church congregate. And what you're talking about is kind of stirring something in them. They're mm-hmm. like, man, I, I really resonate with this, but I'm not going to sell my builder or whatever else sure, it might be. Sure. What's a word of advice you could give to them? Maybe a resource to read or just something to think about? How? What's the next step for somebody wrestling like that? That's good. Oh, that's a great question because I don't think I have an answer for that. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, you, you know, ah, geez, I think that, that, that there are new ways we have to think about these things. Yeah. I, I think that the days of let's build a gigantic campus and let's just keep growing and growing and growing and adding staff and adding, I mean, I, I think it's done well by a lot of people, um, but it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for us, it was like there's so much we wanted to do, but we couldn't because we had a gigantic mortgage payment. Yeah, right. right. Or we had a staff, a huge staff we had to pay and all these things. So we're, we're trying to create something more sustainable. Hmm. Um, we did this to- as a completely separate entity from the church. Uh, we have a non-faith-based nonprofit that owns and runs the building. Oh, interesting. Um, but one of the things we want to do and, and hope to see happen, which we believe it will, is this will help alleviate some of that financial weight from the church and mm-hmm. enable us to be more generous when it comes to mini- actual ministry. I mean, imagine that. Right. Being right. able to put money into ministry. <laughs> and, That's right. And or expand it and reach more, more kids and students and those kinds of things. Um, I will say the hardest thing for me in this whole process, this is going to sound, might sound crazy, um, was I was sitting down and writing the words, what if? Mm. And I get emotional thinking about it because when you walk around our space, it's beautiful and all that, but it all started with this real simple question of what if we could create something different, mm. something unique. That's and good. and sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world to do is Absolutely. just to sit down and write. I, mean, I remember my hand was shaking. Wow. And I, I, I've heard this idea before that, that our fear often points us in the direction we most need to go. Oh, man. And, and I think for me, that was most definitely the case. And so I, I would say if you're feeling great fear about something, pay attention to it because mm. it might be pointing you where you most need to go. Man, that's really good. All right. So we have like a minute and a half left. 
I have like four or five questions I still want to ask <laughs> you. Rapid fire. So, rapid fire. Here's kind of what I want to ask. Uh, to be honest, I would love to just know how, how can we be praying for you guys? For people that are listening and they're thinking, I've never heard of anything like this, or people that are listening like, yep, I know Scott, I'm part of the church, I love what it's doing, or anyone in between, how can anyone, whether they're listening live on the podcast, pray for you guys, support you guys, mm-hmm. come alongside you guys? How would, how would you speak to that? Yeah, thank you. I would say the best thing you, anyone could ever do for us is to pray for two things. Pray that we would, that our ears would be opened mm. and, and that we would hear God's voice every day. That's right. And then secondly, that we would have the courage to say yes, mm. because sometimes, you know, we can hear, uh, but sometimes we were afraid yeah. to say yes. That's yeah. Good. No kidding. We, and part of what I appreciate about that, by the way, is that you are the leader yep. admitting, feeling some of those mm. things. Cause Brian and I are pastors and we feel that, but sometimes there's this pressure to like not let them see a sweat. Right. 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 I'm, I'm on your website right now. I would encourage people to go to society57.com because it's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> yes. as you've been talking, I've been trying to picture what it probably looks like. So I was like, mm. wait, let me just click on the website. Yeah, we're on well face- Facebook, too. You can search, search us out on Facebook as well. And you and guys uh, got events and stuff coming yeah, up and all that. Anything yeah. you want to point people to specifically yeah, if coming you, up? If you needed a beautiful event space for a wedding or, uh, you know, a... Uh, party or whatever it is check us out uh we want to fill our space with a lot of very cool things i love that man dude thank you for taking the time and coming to the studio and sharing your heart please come back sometime we'll do you admitted it it's on the air now so that's that's legally binding this is fun that's outstanding (laughs) (laughs) well that third voice is scott hodge of society 57 you heard brian say it i can't encourage you enough go to society that's the word society and then the number 57.com learn more get in contact ask some questions buy him some coffee as long as it's good coffee and uh (laughs) buy from the cafe why not yeah we have a coffee house (laughs) (laughs) he's like i know where there's good coffee perfect access (laughs) thanks so much for joining us man this has been the common good on am 1160 hope for your life